everyone. Welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete, mom to two little boys, and coach at Where Your Feet Take You Triathlon and Mental Performance Coaching. I'm here with the co-host, Aaron Oliphant, who is an elite amateur age group triathlete, multiple-time Kona World Championship finisher, and coach at Where Your Feet Take You Triathlon and Mental Performance Coaching. We come to you once a week, approximately, to chat <laughs> triathlon, life, everything in between. We answer your questions. And just kind of, sometimes we blabber, you never know. Um, And yeah, so with that, you know, we're going to kind of jump in here a little bit uh, with our topics. But before we do so, uh, two little housekeeping items. One, you can always send us your questions so that we can answer them here on the podcast on at whereifetakeyou.com slash podcast or on Instagram to either Aaron or myself. We love getting your guys' questions because it helps us to kind of gather how it is that we want to provide you guys content that you you want to hear. And then one other quick announcement is that in the near, very near future, we will be announcing a new way that you can help support the podcast. It is not coming to fruition just yet. We're going to bring it out here probably in the next couple of weeks and or the beginning of the year. But please stay tuned um, because... Your support really helps us keep us going, and we've been really honored to kind of share this journey with you guys. Almost, we're not quite at a year yet, but we're getting pretty darn close to a year of podcasting here, which is really crazy and fun, and it's been fun to see it grow and to get a chance to share our journey and our stories with you guys. So yeah, stay tuned for more of that, and with that, we're just going to dive in. Aaron, you just did two weekend race weekend works back-to-back, is that right? No, well, I was in Indian Wells, and then this past weekend I was doing Hot Chocolate Tampa, and then this upcoming weekend is Hot Chocolate Phoenix. So luckily Ah, Hot Chocolate Phoenix is here, but it's still a ton of work um, with a very, very long expo, Um, which like I I enjoy it, but they're exhausting and workouts do not tend to happen. Uh, But it went well. (laughs) You can enjoy you can enjoy what you do, but also be exhausted from it. Yeah. <laughs> How did it go yeah. this weekend? Besides getting stuck in wherever it is that you got stuck in for a little bit. Yeah, we had some stuff during packet pickup that did not go great, but race day went fantastic, and the weather in Tampa was gorgeous until I had to fly out. And my first flight, I was definitely going to miss the connection, so I changed it, and then. I changed it to connect through to Chicago, though, and the flight was really close, and I got too stressed. And so, like, on the plane, I was like, I'll just stay the night in Chicago. It's fine. Yeah, um, so that's... I stayed the night in Chicago and saw my parents and my dogs and flew out the next day. Wow, that works. Hey, you got to see your parents and your dogs. I mean, yeah. It's always nice to be home, but that uh, you're semi-home, right? Yeah, it's like I'm basically home. I don't know, like, I wanted to be back in Phoenix, but it yeah. worked out. I was nice. exhausted too. Like maybe I could have made the connection, but I wouldn't have gotten back to Phoenix till midnight and I would have had to skip dinner to make the connection. And I just got too stressed thinking about the logistics of it all. So I went on like the United app and was like messaging the customer service rep while I was in the air. <laughs> like, hey, can you oh, just perfect. change my flight to tomorrow? Like, I don't want this stress. I don't want to do um, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And then I have tried to get back into working out the past few days, but Every time I try, it's something up. Like yesterday, I wanted, like, I was in the mood to swim. Like, I felt like crap in the water, but I still just wanted to swim easy. And a guy comes and he's like, Hey, we're closing the pool now. It's <laughs> like, what? Oh, no. Like, 
5.45 and they're like, yeah, we don't have a lot of lights here. So we close the pool once the sun's fully set. It's like oh, great. So I got like 1,500 yards in. Um, and then oh, well. before that, I was supposed to swim and it's it's good. We're fine. <laughs> we'll get back yeah. to it eventually. Yeah, you will. I mean, I really only put like loose structure into your plan for this week yeah. anyways. So it was like, hey, here's a little bit of structure in case it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not the end of the world this time of year. It's funny. This time of the year, though, is where I feel like I have the most like desire to do longer stuff because there's no pressure to do it. Like, I think yeah. I get stressed out when I feel like I have to get the five hour ride in or I have to get the long run in. And but when I don't feel like I need to do it because something's way off in the future, I almost have like a way greater desire to do it. Hey, I mean, we we could throw you into some long rides if we want to. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of base we'll building this time of year. Yeah. So if you want to ever go on a long ride, let me know. <laughs> I do. Right I actually kind of semi was like, yeah, that kind of sounds fun. Um, so maybe in the next week, I'll be ready to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I have definitely embraced the postseason more than I ever have. Like I have barely done anything. I've done a little bit of running, done a little bit of lifting. I've swam twice, and I haven't rode my bike. I haven't touched my bike. Like I just don't want to. Um, it's weird. I like biking, but it's the process of getting ready to go bike that's just a pain yeah. in the butt. And I just don't have interest in going through that process right now. Yeah, same. It's it's just, especially from where I live, like I have to drive pretty much. And I haven't wanted to lately. And I just really like, I've never, I think this year was just a lot, like a lot, a lot went on this year. Like, moved up into the professional field, moved the kids, like, just a lot. And I just was like, wow, I've never needed a break this badly in my life before. Like, normally, I'm like, one week is more than enough for me, and then I'm ready to kind of get back. But I'm just more, I don't know. I think I'll be ready next week. I think my coach is going to start putting in some, she said, again, similar to what I just told you, very loose structure, like, super easy stuff, just to maybe kind of almost re-spark my thought process also. <laughs> So it's, yeah, we'll see, but I don't know. It's postseason. I'm okay with another week or two of messy training. Good. That makes me happy that you're okay with that. My issue is that because I'm not training, I just don't, I'm not like paying that close attention to what I'm putting in my body. And I've been eating um, Christmas cookies and caramel corn for breakfast, which is not great. No. It definitely affects <laughs> me later in the day. And I'm all, <laughs> it's just. Not oh, great, boy. but they're sitting there. <laughs> right. They're hard to say no to. But yeah. I mean, I'm like not trying to feel though. for anything. So I'm like, yeah, this frosted sugar cookie seems like a great breakfast. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's, it's one of those where, again, we're talking about like postseason a little bit here. And it's like, you know, it's okay to let that go a tiny bit. But tiny also bit. a boundary, Erin. There is a boundary. <laughs> They're so good. But I me and sugar. Yeah, I just like I find that I go one of two ways where in this time right time frame where I'm either so hungry where I eat everything in sight and I'm like I don't I don't need all these calories right now to the extent that I am. Or I find that when I stop exercising as much or training that I just don't eat. Yeah. Because I don't think about it. And then I'm like, oh, 
you have eaten. You ate granola and yogurt for breakfast. You had a good breakfast, but it is now 2 p.m. And the only other thing you had was a bar. Like, that's not going to support your life no matter what. Like, you yeah. could because <laughs> you're only working out like 30 to 45 minutes in the day does not mean that you can't eat, Kayla. Like, get a yeah. grip on yourself. <laughs> yeah. No. But no, it is, it's, you know, I think that's an important thing too for people to know is like you are in the postseason this time of year. And even with, you know, races are going to come up like really crazy fast. And this is something that, you know, I really realized because I went down to or up, I guess I keep saying I go down to Salt Lake, but I guess I am actually technically going up to Salt Lake now. But I went up to Salt Lake yesterday um, because picked up my new bike. Yay. Woo. Um, oh man, it is fun. It is fast. Or I believe it's going to be fast. Um, <laughs> I, all I did was ride it on the trainer to get fitted on it. So I don't actually know. Um, that was a bit of an ordeal. So this is like side tangent, but the bike was supposed to arrive last week that that's what they told. Like we paid, paid all the money, paid in full for the bike, all these things. And they said, oh yeah, well, it'll be arrive. It's supposed to arrive on like Thursday or Friday of last week. They didn't ship it until Friday last week. And I had booked all these plane tickets. I had my car rental, like all these things. This was like the only time I really could come down to get this bike. And then I also had to ship my, the one that I sold, like I had to ship that. And so I was like, if we don't get this bike ready, what am I going to (laughs) do? Like the only time frame. Luckily the bike arrived Monday and then all of the parts for the bike arrived yesterday at 1.30 p.m. So I arrived in Salt Lake at 10 a.m. And the p- parts to build the bike didn't even arrive until 1.30. Wow. Um, so the amazing. My coaches, my coaches uh, Heather and Pat, um, they own a bike fitting, bike they do maintenance and just kind of a studio. And they were so amazing. Their whole team dropped everything and like tag teamed this bike build. Like they built this bike in three hours, I think, just the two like went to town on on building it. And they were so amazing at getting it built because I I didn't have a choice. I was like, we got to get this bike built and I got to get fitted on it because I leave at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Um, So then we did the bike fit. after that and finished at like 8 30 at night <laughs> wow i'm glad that the parts came in. yeah yeah if the parts didn't come in we weren't 100 percent sure what we were going to do um that would have sucked i had already spent money i was like i spent all this money on the bike i spent all this money on getting down there or up you know so yeah but luckily i arrived and uh I think it's going to help my excitement too at getting back on the bike because it is good. It is beautiful. So you know when you got on your coup and you were like, "Oh yeah, this is different." Yeah, that's how I felt when I got on this one. Like this is a big step up, big step up in bikes. Nice. Um, and you can tell it's one of those where it's like I tried to for those. I don't know how many people listen to this that are skiers, but it's like. I remember when I grew up skiing and I went from kind of like your straight-ish skis and then they introduced shape skis. 
and the difference of going from the nice straight skis to the more expensive shaped skis in ski racing. And it was like, wow, this is different. That's what this was like going from this, the uh, bike I was on to this one. Like I just instantly got into a faster position, got into like, it's very, I'm more stable. My hips aren't rocking. Like you said the same things. Yeah. Like like it's just natural for my foot to make the pedal rotation instead of forcing it. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what this was too. Like, um, and you could watch it because the way Pat does his, he has that, the retool technology and you can actually see like where your legs are going up and down and you could watch like this one and compared it to the other time and on my other bike, like my left knee would kind of shift out in sometimes. And on this time, like it was just straight up and down, like no shifting. Um, really cool. So that's exciting and that's fun. And I think that's going to spur my motivation to get back on the bike and get going. But what I was getting at is that we were trying to come up with a race plan for next year. Mm. And uh, I still don't know what I want, what we're doing. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I asked social social media what I should do. (laughs) I feel like you should go the 70.3 route because I think that's what was exciting you before the pro thing came out. And like, it's a lot of money, but it's not like, like, I don't know. I think you should do the 70.3 because that's what you were thinking was right for you before they came out. Yeah. With this. One thing I have decided that, and I've decided to let go of the pro series. I'm not going to focus on chasing points anymore. A lot of the races that I like to do are in the pro series anyways. Mm-hmm. So if I end up getting competitive in it, then that's one story, but I'm not going to chase it. Because I was getting really stressed about chasing it. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. When I decided that, all of a sudden, I was like, well, I want to do an Ironman then. <laughs> it was weird. It was like I let go of the Pro Series, and then it was like, well, I don't want to let go of doing Ironman Texas. Yeah. So now I'm in this weird conundrum. Well, then come do Ironman Texas. I like racing with you. I know. <laughs> so. I haven't chatted with Brandon about this yet. And so he's either listening from the living room or he will hopefully he'll hear this. Hopefully he'll hear this before we talk about it on here. But I have this wild <laughs> idea to try to figure out how to get down to and do Kempachi 70.3. I don't even know what Kempachi is. Where is that? In, like, somewhere in like the Yucatan of Mexico. Like, oh, okay. Cancun is oh, on okay. this end of it. And. Campanche is over here. Okay. Um, so is that on like the Baja? No. It's on the oh. other side, like way the other side. Oh, um, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> so like Cancun, which is not anywhere close to Baja. Um, yeah. It's on the that side yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like you would fly, kind of fly through Mexico City-ish, that direction. Okay. I don't know. It's a wild idea. So do that and then do Ironman Texas. We'll yeah, see. I don't I don't know. I did figure out I cannot do Boulder. So I got to figure out what I'm going to defer that to. So. Oh, no. That's a bummer. <laughs> Whatever. 
Well, my life's a mess. We'll figure it all out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So I'll race at some point. <laughs> I'm definitely doing Texas. So that's like all I really there need we to be worried about for now. At least now. we have that planned out. Yeah. Um, but I feel a little, maybe that's where like part of my lack of like motivation is coming from is I feel a little bit like afloat in my decisions right now. And it's not that I have to have a race plan like to work towards, but it's like, I just want to have an idea of where I'm headed. Yeah. And I just don't know Definitely. right now. Yeah, that makes sense. So I feel just like a little afloat and I just kind of struggling to like get back into that a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my race dilemmas that I've got going on. So <laughs> if anybody has any brilliant ideas, then you can let me know. Um, my brilliant right, well, ideas, you do Texas with me. <laughs> <laughs> At that, I got, Texas got a lot of votes when I asked um, the social media world um, about, like, what should I do? And um, Texas got a lot of votes. So <laughs> it is hard for me to say no to that race. I really enjoy it. I I really do. I love the run. I look forward to that I love run. the run. That's like – I hate yeah. – I don't – the bike is boring, but, like, I've noticed at Indian Wells, I think the more I get into, like, just the race, the less I pay attention to scenery on the bike. It's like, whatever. Oh, yeah. But I need no. that on the run, and I love the Texas run, and I love the crowd, and I love three-loop yeah. run courses. So Yeah, same. So, all righty. Well, let's dive into some questions here. Um, well, we're going to start with a really fun one from Carly Moore. Um, and she asked us what our biggest slash funniest race fails we've ever had are. Can you think of any? I got a couple in my head, but I mean, me screaming and on the paddleboard was something at quarterly <laughs> <laughs> from your cramp that you had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sucked, but like looking back, I guess it's kind of fun. <laughs> Just me walking out of the water saying, fuck this. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but the first, the other thing that comes to mind is trying to get on my bike at Ironman Texas. I just could not figure out it out. Like, I could not get my leg over the saddle. And oh, it's no. because I was trying to clip in. Like, I was on the trainer. Like, I had clipped my one foot in before getting my other leg around. So I couldn't figure out why I kept falling over and my pocket kept getting stuck on the saddle. And like, I was probably standing there for like three minutes trying to make this happen. And like, it's not like I'm one of the first out of the water. Usually I was at that race too. And so it's just me and like a bunch of spectators watching. And like, they're like, you've clearly can do this. Why aren't you getting on your bike? And I just couldn't figure it out. Oh, man. That was after calf cramp there, too. So the beginning of the race, I was like, oh, my God, this is a crap show. Oh, man. That's a good one. Oh, it's fine. That's a good one. Um, Mine is similar. I have a few. I've been racing for a while now. So, um, But one of the ones that first popped into my head when I saw when she read that she sent that is was my my T1 or my mount at, at Indian Wells just recently, I had put my bike, and I, I think I talked about it in the last podcast, but I had put my bike shoes on and that was a mistake because my feet were so cold that I just couldn't get it. And it was on a little bit of a hill and 
I <laughs> could not appropriately get going. Like I, I couldn't get my feet in on top of my shoes in the right way to kind of pedal. And I all of a sudden went completely sideways and almost went off of off into the gravel. And then the next time I tried, I almost fell off of my bike and I got my my uh, shoe stuck on the ground. And I was like, well, this is definitely not going to plan. Like, and similarly, like when you're in the pro field, you're yeah. kind of the first people out of the people water. People are like, looking at you and like, everybody's watching. Like you should know what you sh- you're doing, what's going and on. And I'm very obviously in the pro field because there's no other people coming. And it's just like, wow, you are you sure you deserve to be here? I don't know. <laughs> And then the other one that came to mind was last year at Kona. I, um, oh, yes, that's actually, Brandon just walked by and he has a good one. So I've got two more that are fairly funny. But um, I, last year at Kona, I had to go to the bathroom really bad. And the porta, I opened the porta potty door and one, there, there was somebody in there. So I'm just, that was part of it. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to wait. I'm going to keep going. And I got halfway in between that and the next aid station, and I was like, "Uh-oh, all right, there's no, there's no going back, there's no turning back." And so I had to go to the bathroom in the lava fields in the middle of a race, and that was fun. So yeah, that sucks. Yeah, um, that was definitely a good one. And then at what race was this, or most recently? That wasn't a race. That actually wasn't at the race. I was just at the pool. Brandon mixed this up. But I pulled my pit. My, I forgot I had swim. I forgot I had a two-piece on. <laughs> I remember when this <laughs> I, happened. I hooked my, my thumbs to pull my shorts down, and I got it underneath, and I pulled everything down at the pool. That was that was good. I've had a lot of weird medical things, like getting elbowed hard enough in the head that gave me a pretty bad concussion that was like a fail but awesome <laughs> you like, do kind of funny do. now but not great right. but not in the moment <laughs> not that any of these are funny in the moment but like, no just... going to the bathroom in the middle of the lava fields at kona was not necessarily funny though at the, i honestly kind of laughed about it because i was like, like what can you like, do? What am I going to do? Like, I, I have to, I'm, it's either that or I was going to take a shit in my pants. And yeah. I did not want to, I still had to run like three miles and I wasn't going to run three miles having shit my pants. Like, <laughs> it wasn't, not going to happen. Yeah. So I just kind of had to laugh about it. Like, what else was I going to do? Like, just laugh. And unfortunately, it made me lose top five, but that's just the way that it is. Like, yeah. So it wasn't um, worth running with poop in your pants over no it wasn't um so thank you carly that was a fun question um and then you got a question from someone named Allie. alice i think alice so i apologize alice if you're listening and we get just got your name wrong but talking about jumping up from 70.3 to iron man um kind of what that looks like um how was your experience i mean I made that jump like almost immediately because when I started this sport, my only goal was I wanted to do an Ironman like because I just had watched my mom do Ironman Montremblant and was like, that's something I want to do. So I did one Olympic, one half, one full um, within the span of a year. 
within the span yeah. of like six months. Um, but I think it depends on who your coach is and how they're training you for a half. Like I've mm-hmm. seen people who are training for a half who are doing four or five hour bike rides. Yeah. That was not something I was doing when I was training for a half. So I think like in my mind, the biggest difference is you do have to find some time to get that long five hour bike ride in. You could maybe avoid it by doing intensity if you have an extremely strong aerobic base. Um, but I do find that five hour bike ride and the longer runs to be important to Ironman training and making that jump. Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference is, you know, it one, when you're deciding to make that jump, you need to be ready to have a block of time that you can commit to it. And I do think that's one thing that is a little bit of a misnomer is that I will get, I'll get athletes that'll come um, and want to do an Ironman and they'll be like, so, you know, how long do I have to train for this? And it's like, well, in reality, the biggest block is like a three month time frame. So you really have like, of your really big volume is, is, is kind of like a three month time frame in reality. Um, and so that's one misnomer is I think sometimes we get into this concept that we have to do, we're doing these five hour rides for like six months and yeah. that's not a necessity. Um, if you, you know, depending again, as Aaron mentioned, there are some people like you train for 70.3s and doing four or five hour rides because maybe one, you like it, maybe two, that's how you train or three, you have the time. Like there's a lot of variables in that. So one, I think when you're making that jump is one, you need to be ready. You have to want to do a full because it takes a lot more time. takes a lot more thought. It takes a lot more patience. Like there's just a lot more that goes into it. Um, and so I think that's number one. There has to be kind of that time aspect and that desire um, aspect. And then, you know, being willing to, for a block of time frame commit to being able to do some of the longer stuff because like I agree with you you can maybe get away with not doing a ton of it but in reality you you have to put some of the long stuff in because you need to have that muscular resilience to be able to be on your feet and out in the elements for you know 9 10 11 12 15 hours yeah and that's you can't do that on very short volume um, yeah. I think the other thing you have to be ready for if you're making the jump is really committing to learning about nutrition. Um, yes. You can get through a half on poor nutrition, but you're not going to get through a full if you don't know how to fuel yourself for it. Um, Correct. So you got to commit to finding, being willing to invest the time and honestly, money. even the money and experience like experimenting with different nutrition products that are right for you um, because it really is important in a full distance race. Yeah. It's it's make or break. Yeah. I mean, that's actually something that we talked to my coach and I talked about yesterday because she's like, you know, you know, and I think one of the reasons I keep coming back to Ironman is I feel like I haven't had a good Ironman distance race, like the race that I believe I'm capable of since (laughs) 2018 in reality. Um, and so I keep coming back to it and she goes, well, why do you think, you know, why do you think this year the race didn't go very well? And looking back, I was like, well, what happened is I figured out way later that my nutrition, I was only taking like 50 grams of carbs per hour in an Ironman. 
in any of my races, Oceanside, St. George, and Texas, all three of those races, which were my three worst races of the year. What correlates? My nutrition was way off. I fixed my nutrition problem and I started then fighting for 10th place in these races versus 18th. So not that that's like a big correlation, but it is. It's a big, big component and a very important one. Yeah. Um, Here's my last piece. Be prepared to do another one. (laughs) (laughs) Because, right? Every, how many, I have had so many athletes that are like, I'm one and done. I'm one and done. 48 hours later, they sign up for another one. I don't know. Kim, if you're listening to this, I'm still waiting. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's... (laughs) I, it's, it gets, it gets in your blood. I mean, you know it, you're, you're going to be going on number five. Yeah. Yeah. It gets in your blood. Yeah. I think, especially if you have that personality where you love like finding things you can do better. I think mm-hmm. that's what's really addictive about Iron Man is there's so many areas you can do better in it. And if you love like pushing that limit. I think it's so fun. Yeah. And it's a challenge, right? I mean, it's a, it's constant. It's a constant challenge. And so you're always kind of striving for something new. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, we're kind of already at 30 minutes here. So I want to dive into uh, – you and I chat, or started chatting about this at the beginning before we hit record. But we want to dive into a little bit about – for those of you that kind of follow the triathlon world and, you know, listen to a lot of the popular podcasts that are out there, uh, maybe have already listened and or seen in, um, across social media um, the episode on, I'm mixing up the name, That Triathlon Hour. Nope. I don't know if that's The right. Triathlon Hour. The Triathlon Hour. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I mixed two podcasts. Well, he changed one. the name of his podcast, which is I very still, confusing. Yes. And it sounds like a year ago, and I still want to call it what it used to be. How they trained, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyways, he just put out an episode this week with Sky Munch, who is a professional triathlete out of – a very, very, very successful professional triathlete out of Salt Lake City. And she talked in this episode about the struggles that she had last year, which is the 2022 season in regards to concepts behind body image and weight. And it was really geared towards where she had a coach who fairly consistently was telling her that in order to get the performances that she could do, she needed to lose like six pounds, um, <clears throat> which is a lot of weight. Um, and this came off of the result of her show. She came in fourth at the Ironman World Championships in St. George in 2022, and <clears throat> from which is an unbelievably acceptable result. <laughs> and then from there, constantly was battling kind of this this big body image issue due to, again, being constantly told that she was needing to kind of work through some of these these pieces. And yeah, we just kind of want to chat a little bit about it. Um, we both have a little bit of different stories when it regards to weight. Um, and yeah, our thoughts on 
fueling your body for performance. And I mean, you've probably listened to us in the past and neither Aaron nor I very often talk about anything called race weight because neither one of us believe that there is a specific weight that you need to be to be um, good or your optimal performance. And I know I weight is a touchy one for me with my background. And it's one of those, yeah, we just want to chat a little bit about it for you guys and our, share our thoughts and stuff. So did you, did you listen to the episode? Yeah, I've listened to the whole thing. Yeah, I really liked it. It struck a big chord with me. Um, yeah. personally. Um, and it kind of made me very sad that she had to go through this and that there are people, even in this world, coaches who, right, as a coach, our job is to, yes, our job is to help you to gain performance. But at the end of the day, we we are there to uplift you. We are there to support you and to provide and to be that 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 person, that 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 support system. And for a coach to fairly probably unintentionally from the way she tells the story make it all about how you look is very heartbreaking for me because that's just not being to me that's not being a support system i think i've done a lot of thinking since i've listened to that episode and I think the part that bothers me about it is just like this seemingly random arbitrary number that he throws out. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I'm not going to like ignore the fact that weight doesn't matter. Like weight matters to some extent. Um, like if I were to gain 50 pounds, I would probably not be the same level athlete as I am now. With that being said, there is a optimal range for each individual of like their own personal weight dependent on their body type that they can perform at their best at. And that usually is a pretty wide range. And there's no, like for a coach just to randomly say, Hey, like you need to lose this amount of weight without really like any way of knowing what a person looks like. Yeah, like, is insane. Like, you can't, and, like, Sky looks like an athlete to me. Like, yeah. she's always oh, looked like an athlete mm-hmm. to me. She looks powerful. Oh, and I don't yeah. know about you, but to me, like, an athlete represents, especially for female athletes, and honestly, like, when I think of an athlete, I think of power. And I think of that in men and women. That's That's the first thing that comes to my mind is power. And to me powerful is you know is strong and that's you know that's what sky looks like to me yeah and i just i mean i think almost like every individual in the world probably has some insecurities around the way their body looks like um and for a coach who's supposed to be one of your biggest supporters to be throwing around this random number of pounds you need to lose no matter what your weight is is crazy to me mm-hmm. yeah and so i think that's like a big piece of too like where you know it's the focus needs to be on and 
you know, I love how she talked a lot about how she then, once she just started refocusing on one, trusting her body for being what it is and looking at her body as like, okay, I need to fuel this in order to perform. And I know that like, you know, so for those of you that don't know, I I had anorexia in college. Um, I got down to 98 pounds when I was a sophomore. Um, I am five, six. I am not supposed to be 98 pounds. Um, and I, my, my parent, thankfully my parents stepped in and they said, we're either going to hostilize you or, or, or you can, or you can try starting with therapy to see if that works. And that eventually did help. Um, but that was a big piece for me was then learning to come to terms with two pieces is that food is fuel and that I am somebody who is driven and somebody who works hard towards having a performance, a physical performance that I want to achieve. In order to do that, I have to fuel my body to do that. And then learning also to trust that the fact that my legs might be bigger than somebody else or anything along those lines is, was that this is me being powerful and being able to look at myself as powerful. And I will say that when I, and eventually, so my, this like went into waves for me where I like then put the weight back on and I got back to my, what I had believed was maybe more of a normal weight. And then when I got into triathlon, when I got into triathlon and then started getting competitive, I gained 12 pounds and I got, and I'm so to be now where I more, more normally ride. And I got faster, way faster. And I started eating more and I got eating faster. And it was my body was by fueling my body for what I wanted it to do. It went to the weight it needed to be at. For me, that was yes. gaining weight because I needed to gain weight. Oftentimes I find that when you fuel your body for what you're trying to achieve, your body will put you, get you to the weight that you need to be at for you. That was a big like wahoo moment, not wahoo, but like whatever moment for me. It was when I put on 12 pounds and I got faster and stronger and I no more injuries and like I stopped having, I stopped having injuries and my period came back and like all these things that were necessary. Um, I became, I had more energy. I became more consistent. Um, and you know, ever since then, that was a big piece for me. I still struggle with it on a day. And then after I struggle with it all the time, like even after having kids, like I don't get as lean as I ever used to. I used to be super, super lean. I don't do that anymore. I had kids, my body changed. And there are times when I look in the mirror and I go, this is not what I used to look like. Like, are you ever going to look like that? And then I have to go, no, because this is your body now. And it's doing amazing things. So let's continue to treat it like it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. As a tangent, I don't, that doesn't really totally answer the questions that we're talking about, but. <laughs> no, no, I think it's good for us to just like share our experiences with weight to kind of show like everybody goes through these things. I mean, I have never had an eating disorder. Um, but like there every I think one has their stories about weight. I remember in college and I he is a great guy. I don't think he meant anything by this. Um 
but we were like doing like my jump scans and everything. Um, and he asked me, what weight were you when you swam the fastest? Mm. And my answer, and it was still my answer to this day, I was 120 pounds. I, I wow, mean, I that's was, way too light for you. Well, I was, I was <laughs> I mean, still going through puberty. Like I yeah. was a late bloomer, but I swam my fastest when I was mm-hmm. 15 years old, five, six, no boobs, no hips. Right? Um, yeah. And I mean, he quickly was like, oh, okay, well, that's not useful. So it was like, okay, but I still remember the question. Yeah. Um, because like that's not close to my weight <laughs> mm-hmm. like it still makes me think like like every now and then that pop thoughts in my head like oh maybe I should be closer to that which I shouldn't and I know I shouldn't but that thought still creeps in but then the other thought I have to this day is like I don't know 30 to 50 percent of my year I technically cat- can categorize myself as an Athena athlete um, which it's hard because it's like, and I don't, I'm not trying to offend anyone when I say this, but to me, like, it almost feels like USA Triathlon created that category because they feel like people at that weight can't compete in their age group categories. Mm. When you um, can. Yeah. And like, clearly I can, but it's still like. I don't know, like, I, like, am I not meant to be good because that's my weight for no. a portion of the year? Like, do I not belong in this sport because I don't have that body type that's in their, like, normal weight range? Like, it just, I don't know, and that's completely different, too, and that's, yeah. I. it's just another, I don't know, I think weights is, like big sensitive topic and for people just to be throwing out numbers people should be at upsets me yeah and when instead we should be talking along the lines of okay how do we again i go back to say how do we fuel yourself to have optimal performance yeah and you know maybe you do need to lose weight i you know cuz cuz maybe you do right we talked about this yeah, concept like, of like if you were to gain 50 pounds we would have to have a conversation of like okay what do we got to do right to yeah. be healthy yeah and it shouldn't be well you need to lose you need to lose weight in order to be fast but instead it should be okay we maybe need to lose a little bit of weight so how can how can for a health standpoint, for a structural standpoint to help with, you know, maybe balancing your hormones a little bit better and giving you more energy and focusing it more along the lines of how can we do this? How can we support in a way to help you gain or lose or stay the same to in a healthy, balanced, optimal way rather than you have to lose weight in order to be fast. Yeah, it should be way more a conversation around where do you feel your best? When do you think your energy levels are most efficient? When do you, are you not getting injured? When yeah. like just all those questions and I guarantee you it's not going to be one specific number. There's a healthy range for each individual. Um yeah, I mean, I have a range. it should be based on feeling, not yeah. just how you look. Yeah. And everyone has a range. They feel they feel most confident in themselves. They feel the strongest. They have the most energy. Um, and 
you know, oftentimes you can look at things that are maybe happening in your life if you're constantly injured, if you have no energy, if you're constantly sick, um, you stop performing. Um, that, I mean, that's something that happened to me last year. I realized that I, w- I wasn't performing. Like my, my numbers were going down. I was running out of energy. And and then I had always like I was sitting there thinking about it and I had noticed that a couple of people had been like, wow, you're starting to look very lean. And I hopped on the scale randomly and I was like, wow, I am down a lot of weight all of a sudden. Like, because I hadn't been focusing on it and I had kids and I was busy and I was training a lot. And I was like, wow, that explains why you are feeling the way you're feeling. Like you need to remedy that. And it didn't come from, it kind of came from somebody mentioning the way I looked, but it really came from me going like, my energy is rough. I have no energy. My performance is bad. I'm, I'm cranky. My mood has changed. Like these are the factors that we want to look at more from a subjective standpoint and then say, well, okay, what do I have to do in order to change that from a, again, I'm going to use the same words, fueling my body for optimal performance. And optimal performance, I think, is different for everybody. Maybe that just means having the energy to go to work every day. Yeah. Or go do Orange Theory or go for your walks or chase your children, right? Like. Your optimal performance is different. It doesn't have to be like what Aaron and I do, you know, elite level performance. Optimal performance is what you are trying to achieve. I don't know. It's a tricky one. Yeah. Like I know for me, if I ever put like a very intentional focus on losing weight, it does not go well because I just start fasting and then I don't have the energy to do workouts and I get grumpy and I get injured. Um, Whereas, like, I know I'm not racing right now, so I just – and I will not be racing soon, so I don't care that much. But it'd be it'd be more like I just have to watch what I'm putting in my body, like not eating cookies for breakfast and having some protein instead. Um, and it's just making one percent right choices for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything you know. drastic is never good, no matter which way you're trying to go. No. And I think you and I actually had this conversation about two years ago or so. I think I don't remember if it, how it came about, like you asking if you needed to lose weight. And I'm pretty sure I told you, yeah. that I, didn't you I didn't think you needed to. And I well, didn't I mean, want you to focus on that. It's still a thought. Like I don't look like most triathletes I see. And so when I first got into the sport, I mean, it's still a thought now. But like especially when I first got into the sport, you see all these stick people. And I am not a stick. I'm built like a like defense in soccer or like a hockey player. Like I have like a build. I have hips. I have boobs. I have shoulders. Like it's not a triathlete's body. So yeah, when I first got into the sport and saw everybody and hadn't had any results yet, it's like oh, I need to be thin. And I mean, but I I would counter like if you really look at it, what is a triathlon body? Yeah. If you really look, if you go even look even at the pro field and you look at the start line, a lot of times it's a a wide range of different types of women out there. And that's at the top end of the elite level. Yeah. Right? You have people like Sky Munch who are very powerful and Kat Matthews and and Rini Carefree who has even said herself like she doesn't look like the other people out there. 
How many did she, how many world championships? Daniela Reef. Like these people, these women are amazing and they all look different in their own way. And I think, yeah. no, I think that, that goes I think back that's why to... I gravitated toward triathlon, honestly, because I came from a running background where we all look the same and weight was a big issue. Yeah. And I think it goes back to just, there is a range of weights for each individual and there is not one specific weight every athlete should be at. No. Yep. And so I know for me, I really try to focus on encouraging athletes to fuel in a way that supports their system. Um, I had a conversation with an athlete on Monday about it. Um, you know, she was asking about, you know, weight loss and that she wanted to lose all this weight. And I said, well, you know, that maybe that's necessary. I don't know. Um, but I think we should focus more on a nutrient timing so that you're getting in what you need in order to perform in the sessions that we're requiring. And then having you focus on management of your daily nutrition in a f- well-rounded way then rather than do I specifically need to lose five pounds? Um, just because, you know, if you focus again, if you focus from there, I find more often than not, your body goes to where it needs to go. Our bodies. It always does. I feel like our bodies are very smart. Yeah. They. And I feel like that's in the rare circumstances when we do use the term race weight, It's more just like we are never trying to get to that number that just is kind of right around where our body ends up when it comes to race day without like any effort to do so. No, exactly. And so like whenever I mention like, okay, I feel like I'm at raceway, it's usually also too like a weight that maybe my my body has gotten to where I feel very strong and fast. But I will tell you this year, (coughs) I don't think I stepped on the scale once this year. In fact, I don't think I did all. I stay away from the scale, but that's because of my history. Yeah. Um, and that was a, that was a piece for me when I was going through my rehab for my eating disorder. That was a, a piece that I put into place was to stay away from the scale because I was the person that was like, I'd step on the scale before I ate. And then I would step on it after I ate to make sure that I didn't actually gain weight from the food that I ate. And then I would, if I did gain weight from the food that I ate, I would go exercise in order to lose that weight or I would restrict the next meal. Like that was my control mechanism was the scale. Um, So I stay away from it at almost all costs to the extent I just don't like to go on it anymore. Um, But yeah. So when I talk about, sometimes when I talk about race weight, I'm actually even more just talking about how I feel. Yeah. Am I feeling good in my skin? Like strong and confident and is my period normal and I'm not exhausted and I'm not tired, you know, I'm I can do the sessions. That's where I'm coming from. My talk weight, I think. Yeah. For sure. Um, but if you haven't listened <laughs> to Sky Munch's episode, it's a really good one because it really just talks about how just the psychological effect it can have of her being told this and i mean she even said like it wasn't necessarily like a you had to do this thing it was just like this like constant little reminder of well you're never going to be good enough because you haven't lost this weight 
end. You know, so then it made her like, or you can do better if you lost this weight, you would have had this result. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yes. And it just puts this like seed of doubt into your mind where you constantly are going, well, if I had done, if I had been here, maybe this would have happened instead. And do I actually deserve to be here? Like, do I deserve to be on this start line? Do I deserve this? And it's like, no, we encourage each and every. Yeah, we encourage each and every one of you to trust in yourself and please fuel your body for performance. Yeah. It's important. So, yeah. yeah. And if you're doubting the way you look or just kind of need help with the nutrition aspect of things or like if you have any concerns about your weight, like I, reach out to a like a nutritionist who specializes in endurance athletes um or like a therapist if you need more that side of it just someone you can talk to who knows how to handle and how to give you the best information possible on fueling and weight and all of that yep um and if you ever need questions i mean reach out I have a couple yes. of people that I can recommend or Aaron and I can help get you to wherever you need to go. Um, neither one of us are dietitians. Neither one of us no. specialize in weight. Um, definitely nope, we're just that. sharing our stories and our experiences with it. Yep. Um, I know mine's been an, I, you know, like, I think in the in the episode even he asked her he asked uh Jack Kelly asked um Sky if she was I forget how he like are you totally over it or or moved oh, past yeah. it or something and and she said yeah I think I'm on the other side of it and you know for me my response like I actually answered the question in my head cuz I was like cuz for me I'm all, I'm on the other side of it yeah but, but it's it never goes away and especially from yeah. and I don't know for for a lot of people but Especially for me, coming from someone who did have a full-on, you know, eating disorder, never officially diagnosed because I didn't actually go to the hospital or anything, but that's what it was. Um, and I am recovered, but you're never ever fully over it. It's always there. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of times I look in the mirror and go, "Hmm, I don't know," but then I go, "No, no, no." Okay, so it's always yeah. there. Um, you learn to you learn to cope with it, and you learn to adjust with it, um, and you learn to live with it. So, but yeah. Well, I, that was a good conversation. <laughs> um, hopefully that helped you guys a little bit, or at least just kind of gave you more to think about with it. You know, that's kind of what we're here for give you a little bit more to think about it so yeah all right anything else you want to talk about no if you guys have any follow-up questions to anything we just said feel free to message us and we'll get back to you or we'll respond next week on the pod yeah yes please do awesome everybody all right um let's see yeah we're gonna sign off for the day i'm gonna go attempt some exercise i don't know what (laughs) I'm going to eat, have some meetings, and then I'm going to get on my bike. 
I think. Yeah. I feel like I should go swim. But, uh, yeah. It's, mm. it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe just go for a run. I don't know. <laughs> Running is just so easy to do. It's like, so just... easy. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I think I need my coach to start putting some stuff in next week because I just kind of get in this big space of I don't know what to do with my life. Like, which is sad to say because I, I coach people for a living. Like, that's what I do. I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. I know how to coach. I know how to write a program. I know what I should be doing this time of year. But I don't like making the decisions for myself. Like, it's too much thinking. Like, I don't want to. I want somebody else to do it for me. Yeah. No, that's so. why I need I need you to put the workouts in or else I could run on my own. I'll put on the Peloton app and go on a run, but I can't do anything else. Yeah, I get it. So awesome. All right, everybody. Once again, if you want to send us in any questions, you can on either Instagram or on uh, the website at wherefeettakeyou.com slash podcast. And we'll be back next week for another episode. So chat with y'all later. Bye, everybody.